Blessed Sunday uh, Church, uh, welcome uh, again to our online study. For this Sunday, we will be continuing our verse-by-verse -verse study in the book of 1 Timothy. Right now, we are in chapter 6. We will only read two verses this morning, verse 1 to 2. And the title of this message is How to Treat Your Boss. How to Treat Your Boss. Let's read first our passage. First uh, Timothy uh, turn your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we will be reading verse 1 to uh, verse 2. God's word says, All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. I still remember um, around 10 years ago, there was someone who attends our church that I helped uh, find a, a job. However, there was, a, there was a problem with the attitude of this person. And um, for only around two months, if I remember it correctly, she was kicked out by her four uh, different employers in just two months because of her constant insubordination, uh, complaining, and arguing Sayahang workplace. And I felt bad because I helped this person find a work, but then almost every uh, few days, she will go back and say, my boss is like this, my boss is like this, and, and I, I actually believed her for a um, you know, few times, but then later on, I discovered that probably she is the problem, because she is always complaining, she is always arguing with, with her uh, boss, and uh, she doesn't want to submit to what her boss wants her to do. Now, the, that person is not in the church now, which is the good news, you know, because aside from her terrible work ethics, she did something sinful and unrepentant. And uh, the church leaders during that time decided to remove her from the fellowship. Now, I said that because some professing believers are living this way in their workplaces. What I mean is that not only that they disrespect their church leaders inside the church, but they also dishonor their secular authority in their work or uh, their, their boss. They dishonor their boss. And as a result, the non-Christian people around them dislike or hates their faith, their doctrine, um, their church, or probably they, they hated their God because of their horrible work ethics, terrible um, attitudes when it comes to work and respecting those in authority. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about in our passage today. Now let me give you a little bit of context uh, so that we will appreciate or understand the passage more. Christianity or the church of the Lord Jesus Christ started and thrived in, in the social setting wherein slavery was 
common place. It was it was common. It has been said that in the Roman Empire during the the start and the thriving of the church, there has been some estimated 60 million slaves that are in the Roman Empire. And some slaves um, held privileged positions, which, mean, which means they, they have a good life, but the other slaves were treated with great abuse. While the Bible never uh, commanded slavery, it did permit slavery and regulate it. So the Bible does not, you know, um, does not oppose slavery, but it regulated slavery, uh, especially during the, the Roman Empire time. And we can also notice that Jesus and Paul and others in the New Testament, they did not call for a violent revolution against the institution of slavery. Uh, through the transformation brought by the gospel, Jesus and the apostles, they did effectively uh, destroy the foundations of slavery, which are, you know, racism, greed, uh, class hatred, and they made a civilization possible uh, without slavery. The church itself was a place where slavery was destroyed. You know, it was not uncommon for a master and a slave to go to church together at a time. And there were even times where the slave will become one of the leaders or one of the elders of the church. And so the master, when they are in the church, will now have to submit to the spiritual leadership of his slaves. But when they go home, of course, the, the authority uh, changes because now the master is the leader or the head in the workplace and the slave has to submit. And so maybe the Ephesian believers were struggling to maintain a biblical work ethic in the world of slavery. Uh, some slaves who grew more uh, mature spiritually than their masters may have used their positions in the church to be insubmissive, lazy, or complacent at their workplace dishonoring their masters because, you know, they're, they are elders in the church, even though they are only slaves in the workplace. And I think some slaves may have misinterpreted the freedom that they have in Christ as their permission to disobey the orders of their human masters because, hey, we are free in Christ. Why do we have to obey our masters? Now, whatever the case really was, there was a struggle uh, in the Ephesian church. And so Paul had to address it here in our text through Timothy, who was the pastor of the church in the city of Ephesus. Now the system of slavery served as the economic structure in the Roman world. And the master-slave relationship closely parallels the 20th century employer and employee relationship. So what Paul is talking about here is not the, the master and slave relationship that is abusive. That's not what Paul is talking about here. He is talking about the, the master and slave relationship when it comes to, to work. And so he is, he is focusing on an employer and employee relationship or, you know, business owner and, and customer relationship or, you know, maybe professionals 
and their client relationship, etc. This is the focus of the Apostle Paul. Now, if you can remember in the previous verses in uh, chapter 5, Paul wrote to Timothy and to the whole church uh, in Ephesus to first honor their church members and then honor your church leaders. And now in chapter 6, Paul is telling them to honor your secular authorities, your superiors, or in simple term, your boss in your workplaces, your masters. Now, wh why did Paul uh, said this? Because he wants that what's happening inside the church, what's happening inside the church should overflow outside the church. The, the love, the submission, the, the respect inside the church should overflow outside the church. And our lives as believers should be characterized by honoring people in and outside the church, especially those in authority. So this is what the text is all about. Verse 1, uh, let me read again. All those who are under the yoke as slaves, all those who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their master as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. I'm gonna, I'm, I want to share two things to you uh, today. Number one is working with a non-Christian superior or working with a non-Christian boss. You know, how should we work with them? Now, the phrase under the yoke is a common expression during this time to describe someone who is submissively serving under one's authority or someone who is an employee or a worker or uh, uh, someone who has an agreement with someone that he will work for him or for for her now the slaves of course were only required to submit an honor to their own masters or their own boss and not to the masters or boss of others that's why the verse says uh, those who are under the yoke must submit or must honor uh, their own master so this issue of submission to your boss was dealt here with the Apostle Paul. And um, it's easy to deal with Christian um, boss. I have tried to have a boss before who is a believer and a boss who is a non-believer. Uh, I had a boss that I love. I had a boss that I hated. So, so I know the dynamic between uh, the employer and an employee relationship. Non-Christian are those who are more difficult to deal with. Um, we should not surely let them have a spiritual authority over us because they're non-believers. However, when it comes to the things that pertains to our job or our responsibilities to the company or in the business, we should consider them, as the, the verse says, verse 1, we should consider them worthy of all honor. And you know, how hard is that? This is difficult because Paul is telling those who are working, even though your boss is a non-believer, you have to consider them worthy of all honor, respect, obedience. That means we have to respect and obey them sincerely in matters of work. Now, that's difficult, right? How is that possible? How is it possible that you can honor, you can respect, your non-believing work superior. Well, by looking at the other letters of the Apostle Paul on this issue, 
we can see how this is possible. And that is why it is very important that we must interpret a verse with other verses in the Bible. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. For the sake of time, I'll just use my screen here uh, to navigate the verse. You can turn your Bibles if you want. Ephesians chapter 6, verse five, uh, verses 5 to 8. Now, remember that Paul is writing to this church, right? The church in Ephesus. And chapter 6, verse 5 to 8 is the same principle, but with a deeper um, inclusions to it. So let's read. Verse 5, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh or your human masters with fear, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Now notice this phrase, doing the will of God from the heart with good uh, will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, whatever good thing each one does, and that includes submission to your non-believing boss, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether free or slave. Now, here's the point. When you are working for a non-believing uh, boss, or an unbelieving superior at work, you need to have first uh, a biblical mindset. You need to work with a biblical mindset. You know, what do you mean? From that verse in Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians, we can, we can get these principles. First of all, that we need to be fearfully and sincerely obeying our boss, our superiors, like how you would obey Christ. That's why the verse says, um, obey them as to Christ. So we need to be fearfully and sincerely obey them as how we would obey Christ. And then secondly, we need to work or do business as if you are doing God's calling or God's will for your life. If you are sure that God has led you to do this business or to work for this company, then you need to do it like you are doing God's will because it is God's will for you. It is God's calling um, for you. Whether you're teaching, you're, um, whether you're in sales, uh, if you're practicing your profession, remember that that is God's calling for you if you have seek Him with all your heart before committing to it. And then um, you have to serve your superiors or superior or your boss as if you're serving the Lord. You're not just serving any Men, you know, spiritually speaking, when you work for someone, as the Lord led you, you are, you are actually serving the Lord. Okay, and then number four, the Lord will bless. This is the encouraging part. If you do that, the Lord will bless you in return for honoring your superior. The Lord will bless you in return. That's why the verse is you, you will receive back from the Lord all the good things that you have done to each one. So here's the point. Your work or among business or profession is your ministry unto God. Your boss is sovereignly assigned by God to your life. Okay, so um, you can serve God by serving that, that boss. You, you are actually obeying God when you obey your superior in the Lord. Okay, as long as it's not unbiblical or it's not sinful. 
as long as it pertains to work and you obey them, you are actually obeying God. So you need to work like uh, God is there in your company. God is there in your store. You know, God is there when you transact to someone because that is a biblical mindset. That's, that's what Paul is talking about in, in our verse. So it is important that we have this high view of God and high view of work. In 1541, the year 1541, a man named John Calvin, uh, he's a, a theologian, he's actually considered as the greatest of all the reformers. John Calvin influenced the working class in Geneva, Switzerland, with his biblical theology about work. Now you have to understand what happened at a time. The Roman Catholic is controlling um, the entire um, society. And what the Catholic is teaching is that only the priests and all who work in the church are doing a high calling. And the rest of the people, those who are teachers, those who are merchants, you know, they're, they're doing a secondary service. Then they cannot really glorify God like how the priests, how the nuns, and how the, the, the clergies, clergies do inside the church. But John Calvin came and he taught a biblical theology about work. And so this guy has a lot of contribution uh, to the world, like a Christian worldview for God's glory about work. And one of John Calvin's influence is the Protestant work ethic. Uh, those who are Protestant are those who are not part of the Roman Catholic Church. This is what John Calvin thought. Listen to this. And it's actually in the Bible. We just read about this. He said, all work, listen, is God's calling. Wow. All work are sacred. And it's opposed to the Catholic's view that only the clergy serve God. Well, everyone is serving like on a secondary basis. Calvin even thought that every work is to be done with a sense of sacred duty. And all vocations are holy calling. You know, whether you are in business, you are in a lawyer, medicine, you are in education, you, are, you have a small business, whatever. All your vocations, all your um, work are a holy calling unto the Lord. And you can actually glorify God in your work, in your profession, in your business, just like how pastors and ministers can glorify God in serving in the church. That's what he thought. Now this teaching, is, which is obviously biblical, opened the mind of the people in Geneva, Switzerland in that year. And because their mind was open, they understood for the first time that their work has, uh, their work is dignified in front of God, even if they are working outside the church and they're not part of the, you know, clergies inside the church. And so there emerged an industrious work ethic among the people. You know, the, the common laborers work hard as unto the Lord. They realize, you know what, we are working for God, even if we're not working inside the church. You know, they work hard during weekdays. They valued it as if it was their ministry and that they were the, the ministers, excuse me. 
And so that's the effect. The, 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 the people, um, their mind were open and they started to work hard. They worked with dignity. They worked with pride. They worked with excellence. And Calvin also taught those workers that they will face judgment one day based on how they work. Um, there's actually a reason why the watches that are made in Geneva, Switzerland are one of the best watches in the world during that time. The watchmakers believe that they will give an account to God uh, for every watch that they have made. And every watch that they made can glorify God as they work and produce with excellence for His glory. And so they gave their best in their work. Now, that is very biblical. That is true. And you can give God glory in your secular environment, just like how ministers like me can give glory to God in our spiritual um, environment or inside the church. And it all starts with considering your superiors, this is what Paul is talking about, your boss, worthy of all honor and respect. That's the biblical mindset in your, in your work. So, you need to work with excellence, which means you need to do your best in your calling. You know, don't, don't work like, you know, um, someone who is uninterested in Mung Sab. No, work with passion. Work with, with um, excellence in your profession. Do business for God's glory. You can glorify God in your career, just like how preachers and pastors can glorify the Lord in their calling. That is your calling as well. You know, um, talking about honoring our superiors, we need to follow the company policies or procedures or rules if you're part of a company. You need to be honest to your superior. Don't participate in, in any efforts for corruption and any efforts to steal something from the company because that is not God's will and God hates that. Also, don't slander your superior you know, in front of your, you know, co-employees. This is a, a common mistake for most employees, especially when, when their boss has a bad character, you know, during break time or during lunch time, they will just slander and criticize and, you know, gossip about their boss, about their um, superiors, about their managers. And biblically speaking, that is not right because Paul is saying that we need to honor them. And you have to be different from your non-Christian workmates. You are a believer in Christ and you have to be an example of what it means to honor um, your boss by not participating in any effort to, to slander uh, the, the person. Um, if you are an employee, if you work for someone, if you work for a company, it would be best if you get to work on time, you know, get to work on time and then also leave on time because that's part of your responsibility. While I was working as a Christian uh, seaman before, I was the first one to go to our engine room and also the last one out of the engine room. That's how I work. You know, every morning everyone goes to work at 8 a.m., but I make sure that I go down the engine room, which is 12 floor away from our accommodation deck, I go down 7 a.m. one hour before everyone gets there. That's, that's just my conviction. I need to be early, uh, earlier than anyone. 
And then, you know, after the dinner time, you know, after dinner, nobody really goes down to the engine room um, for dinner. But I made it one of my habit to go down to the engine room, which is, again, 12th floor from the rest of the people. And this engine room is below sea level already, a very massive space. So as you can imagine, I'm the only one there. And what am I doing? I'm, I'm cleaning the control room. I'm preferring the coffee uh, for the next uh, morning because I just felt like that is my responsibility as, as their co-worker and that's part of my job as well. And so I will stay there in the engine room after dinner for two hours, uh, one hour for cleaning it, the control room, and then the second hour I use it to study um, there and some of my colleagues are discouraging me you know why are you doing that but I realize you know this is what it means to be a Christian worker we need to work with excellence we need to work hard you know so I work hard um, by doing that and I actually did that almost every day uh, Monday to Friday for nine long months nine long nine months contract um, because I felt I was convicted to work that way because I am a believer. You know, as a result, actually, I think the boss noticed uh, that I respect them and then I, I'm working hard. They want to promote me twice in one contract. Um, however, uh, the, the first promotion was, was good, but the second promotion was not pushed through. And I was fine because I would need to stay there for six more months if I got promoted twice so I was I was happy that there was a recommendation but I was also happy that it was not pushed through because you know I want to go home at a time so here's the point you know I'm, I'm not trying to brag about myself but I'm just giving you an example on what it means to be a Christian who has a high view of work uh, who views work as God's calling and someone who is working hard to honor his or her um, employer and what we need to realize is this, that work is not the opposite of ministry. Work is not the opposite of ministry. It is ministry as well. It is also ministry. You know, sometimes we, we think that those people who are in ministry and those people who are working in the secular are two opposite, uh, I mean, are going in two opposite direction. That's not true. Because again, you can glorify God in the ministry and you can also glorify God in your work. And by the way, the Apostle Paul did both. Did you know that? You know, did you know that Apostle Paul was a, an apostle, a full-time preacher, church planter, pastor, but he also um, was doing work. He was a tent, a part-time tent maker um, to support himself and others in their ministry. And he, he usually do this during the night time. You know, he also received financial support from other churches, which helped. But Paul did not view secular work or the, the normal way of um, gaining income as less spiritual to his spiritual ministry. And so there are pastors right now who are temporarily setting aside their liberty to be supported full time by the church for a valid reason. Maybe the church is young or maybe the church is just starting and there's only so little uh, to support the pastor. And that, that's okay, that, that happens as the church is, is young. So some pastors will decide to find a temporary work or a part-time job 
just to support himself or his family so he can continue in the ministry and not go away or work you know farther from the place of his calling and and that is okay because ministry and work are not opposite both of them can glorify God but of course there is a danger of losing focus and that that should be acknowledged if the pastor will lose his focus because of his job then that that job is not um, good for him anymore but um, if he is doing okay if he's still focused in the ministry um, if he's still preaching the word leading the people spending time with the people taking care of his ministry and then you know earning a little while to support I mean earning a little bit to support himself then that's fine it is biblical Paul did this one and this is the right mindset of work having the biblical mindset of work will help you honor your boss easier if you understand why God has put you there now question when are we not to obey our Christian or sorry non-Christian superior okay is there a time that we should not obey them of course the limit listen to this one the limit of our respect honor and obedience to our non-Christian superiors is when they are asking us to do something that is against what the Bible is saying and our or our or against our Christian convictions if this guy is asking you to do something sinful if your boss is asking you to participate in something that your heart doesn't want to or your convictions prevent you then you are free not to obey them of course in a way that is respectful try to explain to them why you can't drink you know try to explain to them why you can't you can't really do do it um, explaining to them is actually respectful and you can disagree you can say no to them still in a very respectful way so you're not obliged to obey them we actually have some church members before or I mean they are still in the church now that that did this they decided to obey God rather than obey men we have a church member who left her job on, on the first day of her job because she discovered that she will be involved in some forms of corruptions in in that office we also have a church member who decided to remove herself as one of the owner or the corporators of a company because she cannot tolerate the corruption within some of the members of the corporators or you know or of, of the board so so those are just examples of um, you know choosing to please God rather than pleasing men and that is wonderfully illustrated for us in Acts chapter 4 verse 18 to 20 wherein um, in this in this phrase the apostle said you know we would rather please God rather than please men and that is the principle it's the same with with employers and employee relationship we are not obliged uh, in the Bible to honor them when they are asking us to do something sinful or something that is against our convictions the honor that we give to them is limited by the right principles of the scripture once they step outside of the Bible then we also say you know I'm I'm gonna stop to honor and obey you because that is not biblical and what's sad is that a lot of believers a lot of Christians they fall away from their faith because they decided 
to obey their superiors even though they are telling them to do something sinful or something um, unbiblical. And that's just very sad. It's very important to remember this, that yes, we honor them in the Lord, but if they step outside the scripture, if they will violate your conscience, then that's the time that we are free to honor Christ um, rather than obeying men. So we need to work with a biblical mindset. The second thing is that we need to work with a biblical mission. Excuse me. We need to work with a biblical mission. Which means do not work primarily for promotion or uh, for your you know, income. Work or do business like someone who is on a mission. And what is your mission? To reach your workmates for the glory of God and to give glory to God by being uh, good in your job. That's why Paul said in the later part of the verse, you know, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Because people will judge Christianity, you know, that people will, will judge Christianity, uh, which means they will judge who God is. That's the application of the first the phrase, the name of God. And what the Bible teaches, or our doctrine, or his doctrine, they will judge Christianity based on how believers conduct themselves as workers. Each Christian should ask if they are leading people to Jesus by how they work, or if they are leading people astray uh, from Jesus by, by their bad work and their bad testimony as, at their job. So we need to work. So that they will respect your God and they will respect uh, your doctrine. You need, you need to work so that uh, you will have a good testimony. You need to work um, so that your opportunity to reach them someday will stay open. You need to work in such a way that your integrity will allow uh, them to give you an opportunity to teach them your doctrine. In case they decided to become believers. And, you know, that's, that's what Titus chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 is talking uh, about here. This is a parallel passage. This is still written by the Apostle Paul, verse 9 to 10, chapter 2 of, of the book of Titus. He said, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything. Okay, To be well-pleasing, notice, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that, now listen to this, so that they will adorn okay, the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. Your biblical work ethics displayed by your respectful attitude, submissive attitude towards your master or boss can make our God and, and, and the Christian doctrine and the church attractive to non-believers in other words when they see you working hard respecting the boss being submissive to the company it can arouse an interest in their heart and they will say you know what kind of god this this guy is serving why are you so kind and why are you so respectful what is your church teaching you or where did you get that of course you will say i get that from i got that from the word of god from from the bible and so your good character will make the door stay open. Again, your mission 
Your biblical mission is to bring them to Christ someday by your integrity and your gospel presentation, your teaching of the gospel. Listen, your evangelism is strong because your work ethic is strong. And your evangelism is weak because your work ethic is very weak. I remember when I was not yet a believer, uh, you know, I, I work part-time somewhere and, and I have Christian workmates. One was a faithful believer. The other one is a questionable uh, believer. And, you know, when I, when I see this believer, I observe him, his life, his words, his habit. I sometimes think, you know, is that really what it means to be a believer, to be a Christian? I think I'm better than him. I was a Roman Catholic at the time. I think I'm better than him because I don't watch those kinds of videos, you know. I don't say this, these kinds of words that I hear from these professing believers. But the other co-workers that I have, they work with excellence in our workplace. Uh, they are very good in their character, very kind, very respectful to our boss. The time came that actually both of these men invited me to their churches, to their, to their fellowship. Um, can you guess uh, who I went with? Of course, I went with the, the Christian who has a good testimony and who has a, who has a good um, work ethics. That was the first time that I went to a church. And, you know, even though I was not saved in that church, but still it left a very strong impression to me on what it means to be a believer. And they managed to bring me in their church, which was, you know, a good step for evangelism, right? So that's, that's the point. That's the evangelistic impact of a good testimony at work. You can bring someone to church. You can, you can share the gospel to them. You can actually reach them out because they will believe you. They will say, okay, I will believe you because you have a good testimony here. You work hard. You work with excellence. And you're so respectful to our superiors. That's the power of a good testimony at work. Now, going back to our main verse, in verse 2, let me read again, Paul continued, Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, uh, but must serve them all the more. Must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. And then Paul said, teach and preach this Principles. Now, the second thing that I want you to see here is how we work with um, Christian superior. How do we work with with a Christian boss? The first thing that we need to remember, according to the, the Apostle Paul to Timothy, is this: our equality in Jesus, our equality in Jesus, doesn't eliminate God's order of authority. Our equality in Jesus doesn't eliminate God's order of authority. We can almost imagine a slave saying, wow, my master is my brother, you know. Uh, we are equal before the Lord, therefore he has no right to tell me uh, what to do in our house. And, you know, that's a stupid idea and that's, that's really wrong biblically. But that's the tendency when you work for believers, especially if they are your church mates, um, you know, and they, you have the same um, church, you have, you have the same group of friends, 
you're close, you're close to each other. Our tendency is to be selfish and to be off guard when it comes to our integrity in the workplace. Nakai false assurance in your mind that, you know, they will understand because church made me and they will consider, they will say yes. They will not confront me even if I do something bad because we're churchmates. They understand me. Now, that is an evil mindset actually. And if you will continue to think that way, you will suffer or your, your boss company will, will suffer uh, because that's not the biblical mindset when it comes to work. When I was a new leader in our campus ministry, my discipler always reminded me of this leadership tip. He will always say, you know, it's good to be closer to people. It's good to be, it's good to build relationships. It's good to fellowship. But then he will say, but always leave your room for respect. Always leave your room for respect. And I have never forgotten that principle. And again, this verse uh, confirms the danger of closeness without respect. We need to leave a room for respect. And this, the same goes for an employer and employee relationship. You have the same faith. You have the same church. And naturally, you will be closer to each other than you know other people in your workplace. Because now we're the same values. You talk more. You hang out more. You see each other not just on weekdays, but even in weekends. Because, you know, you attend you know, the same church, you save in the same church. But we need to understand that your relationship in the church does not cancel God's order of authority in your workplace. Okay? Your relationship in the church does not cancel God's authority or God's order of authority in your workplace. Please excuse me. And so we need to always leave your room for respect towards each other, no matter how close we become. Because again, you know, you can abuse that relationship. You can abuse the kindness of your boss. And I think it's the job of the of the superior in the church. You know, if you're a boss in your workplace, Nakai workers in the church, it's your job to stay close to them. But then, you know, always leave a room for respect. And it's the same with the, the employees who are your church mates. If you have a boss in your church, um, of course, we need to love each other. So it's good to be close, but always leave a room for respect. Because again, um, when you go to your workplace, your relationship in the church will not change the, the reality that they are your boss in your workplaces. And the Bible actually says that instead of using your relationship as an excuse to work less, we need to use it to work harder. This is... This is an amazing principle. Um, it's found in, again, verse 2, the, the verse that we read. Paul said, but you must serve them all the more. If, you're, if your boss is a believer, you need to serve them all the more instead of abusing them, instead of get, getting lazy. Why? Because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. You know, because the believers are benefiting. That's the reason why you need to work hard. If their business grows uh, because of your hard work, they will earn more. And the principle here that I forgot to mention is, is this. You need to work harder for the kingdom of God rather than or more than the kingdom of men. Work harder for the kingdom of God than for the kingdom of men. 
In other words, if you have a believer who is your work superior, you need to work harder for them. You know, harder than how you work for other boss who are not believers. And again, the reason is that because the church will benefit. What, what are we trying to understand? Listen, if you work hard for your Christian boss, um, he, he will earn more, she will earn more, right? The company will grow, the business will grow, their profession will grow. And what will happen is that they will earn more. And if they're faithful in the church, they will give more to the church, right? And so the church, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God will benefit. They will give more to the people in need. They will give more to those members in the church who are in need. But if a secular business grows, non-Christian boss, you work hard for him, he became successful, nobody in the church benefits, right? Because all his income will just go to him or his worldly um, habits. So it's better to treat your Christian boss as more special and more important than your non-Christian superior. In Galatians 6 verse 10, this is why Paul said, in Galatians 6.10 So then, while you have the opportunity While you have the opportunity Let us do good to all people Listen But especially or especially To those who are of the household of faith In other words, they are You treat them more importantly You, you view them as your priority Over those who are not in the household of faith uh, we are commanded to do good outside the church, but we are also commanded to do more, especially for those who are in the household of faith. Um, Pastor Warren Worsby relates the story of a young lady who had left a secular job to work for a Christian organization. So this lady resigned from a secular job, and, and she will now work for a Christian organization. She has been there about a month and was really disillusioned. She was thinking, I thought working for a Christian organization uh, will be like going to be in heaven on earth. She complained, instead, this Christian organization that I'm working for have a lot of problems. So Worsby asked her if she was working just as hard for her new boss as she did in the secular job. The look on her face said, no. And so Worsby told her, you know what, try working harder and show your boss real respect. Just because all of you in the office are saved doesn't mean you can do less than your best. This woman actually took this advice and worked hard for, for her new Christian boss and the problems in the office was solved. That's a true story. Anything that benefits the kingdom of God must be given more attention and more passion. That is why it's good to support the business or career of your churchmates because it benefits God's kingdom or the church. It is good to buy their products, you know, avail their services, attend to their events, and then pay. You know, sometimes we always ask for free stuff from our churchmates, you know, palibri, palibri. And there's room for that because. You know, the closer we get as churchmates, you know, it's, it's easier to give. It's easier to be generous. But it's, you know, it's better to pay them if you can. Why? The church will benefit. You know, if their business grows, if their career grows, then they will give to the church. And the church and the kingdom of God will benefit. And, you know, you need to work harder if you are working for a believer. Work harder because the believers 
are benefiting. It's all about the kingdom of God. It starts with regarding your Christian superior as worthy of all honor. You need to show them high respect. Now, as closing, I want to say this, and I will read the passage. When you honor your master in the Lord, you know, when you honor them in the Lord, as long as it's not sinful or unbiblical, when you honor them, you respect them, when you obey them, when you do this, the Bible says that you are actually partaking in the suffering of Christ. When you honor your master in the Lord, you are partaking in the suffering of Christ. You know, how can we say this? Because in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18 to 21, Peter will actually clarify this out. And I want, I want all of us to read these verses um, out of the New Living Translation as our closing verse. Verse 18. You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters with all respect. The same thing that we're saying. Do what they tell you, as long as it's biblical, as long as it's not sinful. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel, you know, even if they're non-believers, even if they're believers but have a cruel attitude because you're part of the company, because they are your boss, you need to obey them in the Lord. Verse 19, for God is pleased when you, uh, sorry, with you, when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for wrongdoing. But if you suffer, but if you suffer for doing good and endure, and endure it patiently, listen to this, God is pleased with you. Verse 21, last verse. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his footsteps. Very powerful passage about submitting to our um, work superiors. And we understand it is difficult to submit and honor our employers in those times that they're very unreasonable or they're not kind to us. But we are actually called to do the difficult things, right? We are called to enter the narrow road and then go through it. Christian life is doing the difficult things. Just remember this. Think about how our Lord Jesus Christ suffered for us. If you compare your suffering right now compared to what, how Christ suffered for us, it's no match. Jesus Christ obeyed and honored his Father without complaining, without arguing to him, just to save us from our sins. He even let his creation mock him and hurt him just so we can have a new life in Christ. So Christ suffered for us. He did this without arguing, without complaining to his heavenly Father. He honored, he respected his heavenly Father by dying on the cross to save mankind and to obey his father's plan remember that one and what peter is saying here is that it is a great privilege it is a great privilege if we suffer for christ by obeying our boss 
Peter said, you are following his footsteps if you're doing this. You are partaking in the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ as you honor your boss in the Lord because of your commitment to him or to her to work. And you can actually do it for God's glory. And what a great privilege it is, church, to suffer for Christ by honoring our secular authorities in the Lord. Let me lead you in a closing prayer. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank, for, we thank you, Lord, for your example of obedience and honor to your Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us because of our sins. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be saved. Even though um, we cannot save ourselves, you still provided a way for us by Christ's suffering. We thank you, Lord, for that example, and we can remember that every time we find it difficult to submit to our authorities in our life, especially in our workplaces, as what the verse is saying today. Lord, I pray for our churchmates. I pray for everyone here who are working, uh, who have businesses, that you will make them submissive, respectful employees and businessmen and women. I pray, Lord, that you will use them in their calling, which is their work or their businesses, to reach people for you. Lord, it is my prayer that as, as the non-believers look at how the people from our church work, they will be attracted, they will be amazed, and they will respect our God and our doctrine because of how excellent, how excellent and how beautiful their characters are in their workplaces, in their businesses. I also pray for those who are struggling in this area, Lord. Help, help us, enable us to remember your suffering for us, your, your submission to the Heavenly Father, because you are our example. Lord, help us to lay down our pride and pick up the cross and follow you, to suffer for you by having a submissive attitude towards our boss, whom you have ordained, sovereignly ordained, to be part of our lives at this moment, so that we can show them the glory of God and we can preach the gospel to them someday. Lord, preserve our workers in this church. Preserve those who are doing business. Lord, convict them if they are about to do a sinful decision. And Lord, show them the biblical ethics of work in Grow their businesses, Lord. Grow their careers. Grow their, um, their companies, um, their jobs, so that they can benefit the whole church by being generous for the work of the ministry. We commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, again, thank you for joining us uh, today in our um, online study. And we'll see you next Sunday um, in our um, continuation of our study with the Bible. So God bless church. I hope to see you soon.